children do not come with directions. If you haven't realized this already, no matter the age, you could have one child or 10 and not one is the same. Each person has their own likes, dislikes, and ways of doing things. What one child responds to, the other may not. So welcome to It Wasn't in the Manual, The Art of Parenting Your Own Way. This panel discussion is all about hearing each other, sharing perspectives and stories, and gathering as a community in this journey called parenthood. Welcome to the space. Hello, hello, parents. So, so, so happy that you're here. So what this space is all about is the art of parenting your own way. <laughs> the um, uh, It wasn't in the manual. So this episode is called Real Connections. One, two, three, put your phone down. As I said, there is no manual on parenting and we are figuring it out as we go along. In this space, parents are talking about their experiences and what we learn on the spot as we go along. The age of electronics is one that past generations have not had to deal with. So here we are having and talking about real connection with our kids and what that even means. So I am so excited to have my, this is a panel discussion, so my guests are going to be coming up to the stage. So guests, you know who you are. So press that button and let's come on up. And we're going to be waiting for people to come into the space. Um, thank you so much for those who are joining us. Um, please, in the chat box below, let us know where you are listening in from. We would love to hear. And Tina, so glad that you're here. Come on up. So, so happy that you're here. And a few more guests we are waiting for. Um, should have left something. Ooh, Massachusetts and four kids, all teenagers. Oh, great. So let us know um, the ages of your kids. That's great to know. So when you come up to the stage, please um, go on mute, just so there's not a lot of background noise. And then we're going to get started. So I am looking forward to this discussion. So 13, 16, 17, and 19. God bless you. <laughs> Kiosha, you can definitely speak to that one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, Papa John. L, come on up. And I'm not sure. James, are you here? Hello. Yes, great, Elle. Um, if you could just go on mute for a minute, that'd be great. Um, is the other person that's up here, is that Wendy Ann or is it um, James? Wendy Ann is here. Hello, everyone. Hey, Wendy Ann, so glad that you're here. Okay, we are waiting for the, um, the male representation here. So um, Wendy Ann and Elle, if you could just go on mute for a minute, that would be great. We're going to stay on mute until, unless we're speaking, because otherwise there'll be a lot of background noise. So Papa John's so glad that you gave us um, the feedback. Thank you for sharing. Again, go on mute, please if you um, are not speaking. So Elle and Wendy Ann, 
Do you know where to press mute? So I thought I did. No. <laughs> I can still hear the noise. Well, I can hear you, but there's just some background noise. So we're just going to wait. There's James. Yeah, you're still on, Wendy Ann. So James is about to come up to the stage. And I guess while we are waiting for him to come up, why don't we use the time? And I am so glad that everybody's here to have this discussion. And as I was kind of jotting down some questions, um, I came up with some new questions. So not everybody knows about all of the questions that I'm going to be asking. But at the same time, this is a very free-flowing conversation. So there are, um, yeah, James, great. Glad you're here. If you can just go on mute. Um, and Wendy, and again, if you could tap on the picture, it should then put mute on. Um, but okay, sorry. So, uh, there, this is a conversation that has some structure, but it's also very free flowing. So we're going to kind of go off in directions. It's about an hour. Um, so we're going to kind of see where the conversation takes us. So I'm just so excited that people are here to have this conversation. So we can just, uh, you know, really dive into this whole parenting thing. So first thing we'll do is, as you're, you will unmute and just say, you can say your first name, last name, whatever you're comfortable with, say how many kids you have and how old they are. So we'll just kind of start there. Um, so my name is Hollis and I have two children. They are 19 and 22. Kiosha, how about you? My name is Kiosha and my husband and I have five children. We have 22 18, 17, 11, and 6. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And since you're unmuted, James? Uh, my name is James Valentine. I have one nine-year-old, and I'm finding it challenging to find the mute button. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Maybe um, Kiosha, since you're on your phone too, everybody is, but can you tell him where it is? Yeah, if you look at the very bottom of the um, the chat, you'll see. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, it's at the bottom. It's right by like this present that's popping up. Yeah, thank you. And Wendy Ann, since you're unmuted right now, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, my little microphone does not want to go away. I am <laughs> tapping it and it just says, no, thank you. So I am Wendy Ann, it is a pleasure to be here as technically challenged as I am, <laughs> normally not this way, but uh, we have two amazing children. One just turned 11, our son, and a daughter who is eight. Wonderful. Thank you. And Tina. Tina, oh, welcome. Hi, I'm Tina. I thought I was there unmuted. I'm Tina, <laughs> and I have one son who's 12 years old. Great, thank you. And L. I know this mute button is an, is a thing today. <laughs> I'm in Germany. Okay. One son who is nine years old and in college. So L, can you say that again? You were kind of going in and out. My name is L. Year old son who is in college. Okay, great. I'm not sure if your notifications or something is turned off because I, I, I 
got most of it, but then it got kind of cut off. There was an interruption. So just to be aware. And Wendy, and since you're unmuted, that's fine. You'll just, you know, be aware of any kind of noise that goes on around you. So, okay. So we're going to dive in and I just kind of want to preface and say that this whole communication talking about um, electronics, it's not just on the kids end. It's also on the parents end too, because we are inundated with responsibilities, with jobs, with social media, all of this stuff um, of using our electronics. So it's not just, um, it's not just the kids. Uh, so let's start off with what does, I'm going with the word connection here since I titled it Real Connection. What does family time even mean? What does it mean to you? So whoever wants to start, we'll just kind of dive in. What does family time mean to you? This is Tina and I can kick it off. I, I believe family time is being with each other and that is our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our wholeness of self and having the full essence of being fully present and tuning into one another. That to me is family time. So whether it's you know, doing a board game, playing outside, that we are engaged in something together, whether even cooking, um, even cleaning can be super fun, Mary Poppins style, but it's engaged <laughs> together um, and that we have a common goal and we kind of get into it. Um, it's a togetherness and that we are all fully present. Great. Thank you. Who wants to jump in next? I was going to say that's perfectly said. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's it's being present because it's very hard to connect when you're not present. And that's why this conversation is so important because that's what we're talking about, you know, being connected and being present with our families. Thank you. James. Yeah. And, and I would, I would agree with Tina as well. It is when I think about that, I think about times that uh, my girlfriend, baby girl and I, we've done karaoke or baby girl and I have done dance dance battles um, or going to the park. It's not just going to the park, letting her run. It's going to the park and now we're running. We're on the swings together. We're present together. And there's there's that connection. There's not just that go do your thing, but let's go do our thing. Mm. Um, so that's, that's what that represents for me. Mm, thank you. I love that. Do our thing, not just do your thing. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, L. I know that you're unmuted, but I can't hear you. So let's see. Um, okay. I'm sure you're talking. <laughs> Um, okay. So while we're kind of getting that, getting that together, Elle, you might have to go out and come back in again if something's going on with the, with the sound. Um, Wendy Ann, are you still here? Okay. Yeah. I think Wendy Ann had an issue too. Hopefully she'll be back. Okay. So, um, Elle, do you want to, so Wendy Ann, you are here. Okay. So, I can't hear you. Let's see. 
sorry, everybody. Thank you for the, we're working through the technical difficulties here. So maybe Wendy Ann, let's try, let's go for L. Oh, okay. So L, why don't you tell us your thoughts on what does family time mean to you? You sound really low, but I can hear you now. Is that better? You're still really low. Do you have headphones on? I had two different pairs of headphones on and now I'm one speaker. Let me work out the audio. I'll let you all continue. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And um, let's see, Wendy Ann, you might have to go out and come back in again. So I'm just going to move on to the next, which is here. She's coming again which the next question is, do you have rules with electronics in your house? Oh my gosh, we do. Okay, let's hear. Um, well, the, the baby, she's okay with it, right? We, she has a tablet, but she's been homeschooled. So she uses that for like educational stuff. And then there's the like cute little shows that she watches, but we still put a time limit on that. Cause I don't want her to, like, I don't know, get used to, I don't know. I'm just like, it's time to get off. But mm -hmm. I mean, we let her use it. The Really the 11 year old is not too much on like tablets or phones or whatever. He's a gamer. So we have to put some kind of some rules around that. But the 17 year old, oh my gosh, before I know it, he's like, if we're not watching or if we hadn't, if we didn't put any rules in place, I'd say rules, but kind of I'd, I'd rather say boundaries you know and now you know phones actually can can show you screen time which i think is awesome mm -hmm. so you know we we pay attention to that even for my husband and i because i remember one time um we went out to eat we were all talking and we kind of looked over at this table it was like a family of six mom dad four children and everybody was on their phones <laughs> Right. And I, I was just, I kind of looked at them for a while, not judgingly, just kind of was like, and then I looked at my table and my, my son was on his phone. My husband was on his phone and I had my phone up because I had just finished reading an email. I had a big problem of like working all the time for my phone. So that mm -hmm. made us more conscious of setting some time away. Cause if you're at a restaurant or you're at home, you're not really connecting if everyone has a device in their hand. So there has to be, I know in our house, we put some type of boundaries around that so we can spend time together and have conversation. Mm. Thank you. This is a good point to go back to. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, and Hollis to so, build off of that. I absolutely, this is Tina and I, mm -hmm. we absolutely, um, we were holding off forever to get our son a phone. And he didn't want one for a while until he realized that he was going out for extracurriculars and he was the only kid in his class and he's 12. And so he made the argument that it's a communication device. So we literally have a phone post where he keeps his phone and treats it as a phone. And we do limit time similar to others that have you know, mentioned that. But we also have a means of checking in on how often he's on his phone. Um, as well as talking, we have really, we have discourse and talk about to be intentional and have intentionality with your phone. Because recently he said, well, school is screen time, mom. And I said, okay, because of that, 
when you do have downtime in between classes or at the end of a study hall and you're done with your homework or at the end of a class and you're allowed that space, what could you do differently? And so we've really been teaching him the importance of the intentionality of it is a, it's a great communication device it's a great means of connecting with other people it's a great information space you know place to find information but we do limit it about 30 minutes a day we do technology together there's no technology at the dinner table when we have meal time and we just know where his phone is but we also said that we trust you and we feel like mm. because of that I said, we trust you and you tell us the truth. You get that freedom a little bit. When you break that trust, we're going to get more tight. And I mean, we're still somewhat, I'd say, very rules oriented in comparison to other families in the area. But the trust, I think he has not, he hasn't fought any of it because he wants that trust. Mm, That's good. Wow. Right? So this is great. So I just want to say, if anybody feels like they want to bounce anything off of or respond directly to what somebody says, please feel free to do that. It doesn't have to be just like answer, answer, answer. This is a space for conversation. Um, there's been so many great points already brought up about boundaries. I love the whole uh, thing about age, Kiosha, that you brought up about like when your daughter being younger and then your other son who's a little bit older being a gamer and then your oldest one being on the phone all the time. Like there's so many different levels to the electronics. And um, also you, Tina, just bringing in trust. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. So rich. Okay, who's next? I So this is Wendy Ann. I love the fact that you brought trust into the, into the mix. Mm -hmm. um, we have, we do not allow electronics at the dinner table and I would say probably at least five out of seven days of the week, we do all eat together as a family, uh, at least for dinner. We have sports and other things. And that's kind of been the building blocks for us. Um, we, both of my kids are very active in sports and extracurricular activities. So they do those things and then they earn, so to speak, um, a little bit of time. Now, neither one of them have phones. Uh, my son does have a watch and that's been about the extent of it because Number one, I, I, I've seen so many kids and I'd love to hear a little more discussion on how parents feel about, you know, once they hand over that device, it's kind of like you lose them and they get sucked in. I mean, we do it as adults. We do it as adults. You, you look around and you see all these great activities happening and you're watching adults not paying attention to the basketball game that their child's playing in, but they're on their phone. And, you know, it's, it's something to be very much aware of. So it's, it's a balance because there's a lot of good that can come from electronics um, but there's also a lot of good of making sure that they understand how to communicate face to face as well. And I think that we've done very well with, from a boundaries perspective, um, and trying not to follow what everybody else is doing and do what's right for our family, but also making sure that they understand the importance of electronics and how to use them and not allow them to use them. Right. It's gotta be the reverse, the reverse mm -hmm. of the two. Ooh, there's another yes. one, balance. So there's yes. balance, yes. trust, boundaries. Those are those are good words together. Yeah. And communicating face to face, it's kind of like uh, it's a skill. <laughs> I, I guess if I don't know, you can correct me if I'm if you see it differently. No, no it's just I agree. Yeah, 
Well, and I two, the, these kids are so between social media. I mean, have you ugh, having teenagers and always being at the high school? And my kids are in sports too, and that's what kind of helps balance things off because they have extracurricular activities. But I spend a lot of time around teenagers now, mm-hmm. and the way they communicate through text and social media, I think when they it causes them a little bit, unless they're in some type of group activity that they're always a part of where they have, you know, not necessarily a team, does not have to be sports. It can be anything that they're passionate about that happens in groups. Outside of that, um, they have a hard time communicating. Mm-hmm. It really I mean, and you'll see it in their text messages. You'll see it in their um, social media, like comments or DMs mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think it's important that we do balance it off and have these conversations at home and teach them social emotional skills and, you know, communication skills. Those are life skills and that they're not going to so much get from their phones as much as they will get from that personal interaction. Well, and and, and yeah. I think this generation yeah. is kind of missing. And it's also noting the channel of communication and being aware of what's the appropriate communication for the given context. So the... We've seen, you know, I've heard of lots of conflict happening through social media as well as through text on phones, and it gets amplified and amplified. And so the the, the more there's conflict, the closer you need to be to the person. So the face-to-face is essential. And I think learning those nonverbal cues that you simply do not get via text, you don't get through social media, you just read words and and helping our youth learn the appropriate channels of communication and how to know when it's when it's the right time to use it and how to use it because it is a tool and simply their brains are developing you know they're in this process of uh, their brains growing developing and impulse control is very challenging so if they have notifications dinging at them or pinging and they can feel that vibration they're getting a little pump of dopamine and it becomes a lot more addictive so as a parent I'm very concerned, you know, with the the with it being around constantly. Where if my kid's not on his phone, hmm. he's definitely around other kiddos who are on his phone on their phones, and trying to be that positive panacea, if you will, to say, hey, let's do something different. Let's shoot some hoops. Let's chat. Let's jam. Let's do different. Let's yes. do different. L, how about you? Hopefully, we got the sound worked out. The audio. No, it's still being weird. Okay, James. Um, so for, for for me, it's baby girl doesn't do a lot of texting. She mostly uses the phone to uh, play games on, and, and sometimes we're playing games um, together. I may be on my phone, she may be on her phone, and there's these games that you can play together. But for for the important thing, because I just got her a phone this year. And the reason why I got her phone this year is because now she's doing quite a bit of, she did over the summer, she did quite a bit of sleepovers and spending time with friends. And I always wanted her to be able to have a line of communication back to me at any, at any moment. Daddy, I want to come home, anything like that. So um, that is because I don't really see her. And then when she, when she uses her phone, she doesn't use text. She, she mostly uses video. But I'm listening to Tina, I'm listening to, to others, and 
Baby, and it's so true when they talk about the communication, uh, lack of how to communicate properly. And I, and I think I have to um, do more in that area because baby girl will call her best friend and they would just be silent. Their baby girl will be in the background playing her game. I guess the other gay <laughs> lady be in the background <laughs> playing her game. And, and when I when I talk to her about it, she's like, well, when I, I call her, but we don't... There's nothing we don't say anything to, to each other, and I think I've overlooked that in terms of not, of, and, and maybe I need to go deeper into how best to communicate, um, or how even she would want to communicate. So that's that's my that's my view on it. Mm. So interesting. I mean, you're making me think of, and then Kiosh, I know you have something to say. Um, when my kids, so my oldest is 22. And like I said, the youngest 19. And um, at one point when my son was young and he would have his best friend over, they would play for hours in person. This was before all of this. And they'd be playing in the same space and not talking. So you just made me think of that where there yeah. was, they knew that they were with each other and they were engaged in something, but they didn't have to talk. They could just be with each other because they knew they were with each other. And there was somebody that was like, well, when they're together, they should talk. I'm like, but if they've been together with for two days, basically, sleeping over each other's houses and hanging out, you don't have to talk all the time. There is nonverbal communication and people can have alone time while being together. So you just made me think of that. Ooh, that was good, Hollis. I never thought about that. I pretty much pictured that as you were describing it. Mm. I think like James with your daughter, you know, YouTube kind of created that whole, that whole thing of just being, cause I literally, like my son, the 11 year old will be, he'll watch a YouTube like gamer and it'll be two YouTube gamers with a split screen and they won't talk the whole time. I'm like, well, what's the point of being, yeah. <laughs> like, why, why are they holding space? for each other just to sit there and not say anything and I actually have a niece that she she does the same thing she'll be on like FaceTime with her friend and they won't talk they'll be doing other stuff in the background and then they'll come back and but I, I didn't think about it until you said it how this I, I wasn't thinking about it the way that you said that nonverbal communication but I think like starting really young with the younger ones that's you know I've I know that there's a time for that, but when they're young, I'm trying to teach like Hannah at six, how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Like as they get older, I think they, they kind of, you know, they can sit there in the room together and not say a word, especially if they're introverts. Yes. It, it, they would, they would just be comfortable with someone in the space, but they don't necessarily want to hold a conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. The nonverbal communication works well in that space too. But both what you said, Hollis, really made me really think about that. Oh yeah, there is nonverbal communication. And then with James's daughter, I'm thinking of the younger ones who, um, you know, still need that communication piece to be able to verbalize how they feel and what they're thinking and stuff. I think what's so great about, I mean, I see, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I see a commonality with everybody here that there's conversation happening. There's kind of intentionality and conversation happening. Happening. But I was really intrigued when James and I, when we had a pre-chat and um, you, you said, which was so true, that you don't necessarily know your kids' friends. 
I'm pretty sure it was with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we but, talked about that. And Yeah, you, you don't know their friends because they're on their electronics. So as they get older, there is a part, there's a secrecy aspect. It's just fact, everybody, that they're going to be talking to people that you, you can't watch over everything. But then it goes back to the trust. Right. I think my point was that I'm intentional about knowing who her friends. Like we literally will walk to, um, because of the complex they were in, we literally will walk to the person's door. How you doing? I'm James. Here's my phone number. Nice to meet you. And and we've actually developed quite a few friends that way from baby girl meeting friends in that area. But I am very intentional. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a girl dad. I mean, that that that's that's my little everything. So I am very intentional about who her friends are, who her parent, who their parents are, and making sure there's some line of communication between the parents as well. That's so good. I'm like, we're like that with our boys too. It's it's important to know, you know, these days who they're associating with, and especially if they're playing over at each other's houses. I think. Yeah, thank you. How about Tina or Wendy Ann? Do you have anything to say on that? Well, yes, I would say that with my son, um, we have had, I think it's it's really talk about talk, right? And we have those conversations about the conversations he's having with his friends and really getting to know. And I like to be the house and we live on a farm. And so it, I really encourage FaceTime with his friends. So I get to know, like, and trust his people and you know what how they interact with each other how they engage and so that's really helped me uh, in terms of similar to James where it's it's not only getting to know the kiddos but knowing their parents and seeing where you know the relationship that the, the kids have with their technology because I think sometimes that can be very contagious if you will if you are around it a lot and it and especially at the junior high age it's an awkward stage anyway where you want to really blend in and you don't want to stand out but i think knowing the families and being the house and being a space and really making going outside or doing other things interesting has been helpful too but it's 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 being in the know yes yeah thank you wendy andy yeah yeah, I was just going to add, I think that we are very intentional about games and eating together, even with their friends, so that, you know, they can have time to play and do all the things, but we get to see how they interact with each other one-on-one, -on -one, how, you know, how they order food and do they ask the waitress, what manners that they use. Uh, so I think it's a really good balance, but it also then allows me to see you know, who, who are these children that, that my son or daughter is spending so much time with and what do they like and what do they don't like? And, you know, how is the interactions? And we are also the house kind of to go to. So I think it's a lot of work, but we host a lot and I do a lot of reach outs to try to get everybody connected and keep people together. So I think that that's extremely important because I'm not, I would never want to be the one to say, remove, remove everything. That's not because that's not the way of life. Right. But we have to learn, well, what, what do we want that to look like? And what do we think is healthy? And, and how do we want to make sure that they're using the technology the way it's supposed to be used? And back to that point of, you know, being reachable, 
that's the reason that we, you know, we chose to invest in, in, in the watch thinking if something were to go wrong, there's always a way to get a hold of us. Uh, if, you know, there's ever a time where they're like, nope, we, we want to come home or we want to be done, but they don't have that device in their hand yet because it's not necessary. And there's so many other things they can do. And I did giggle a little bit at the YouTube because the first time I ever saw it, I, um, I had a ton of questions. I didn't understand it. Why would you want to watch people that are just literally on TV doing things? It just doesn't make, it never clicked. And I've also, the one big thing, and I'll wrap this up, I was taught that silence is okay. And I am very much mm. um, an introvert, extrovert, and my daughter is very much an introvert. Once you get her going, it's a different story. But she'll sit and be quiet. And, and I'm like, look, it's way too quiet. We should be talking. Let's strike up a conversation. Let's say something. When in essence, she's very comfortable just listening to everybody else and kind of soaking that in. So um, I think it's been an experience for me as well, you know, just to see how my children interact and, and what I can learn from them. And I think the number one point that I drove home last year, and it's, it's hard. I am not going to say I am perfect at this by any stretch of the means, but I try very hard to have my own um, limitations on the phone when I'm with my kids. So my face isn't always, it's very quick. I'll hear a ding and I want to react and I want to do this. And I've created my own boundaries and my own health lines, so to speak to there's a time and place for everything. And it, everything, I, I'm not a surgeon. No one's dying on the table. It's okay if I answer them in an hour. It's going to be all right. Well, I think also building off of that, I just was thinking of a great analogy. You know, we have sex education and we have the condoms and all of that. And if we only promote abstinence, guess what's going to happen? We're going to have teenagers still engaging and right. still going out there. So I would like to know for technology, is what's the condom? What's the, you know, what is the, what is the means in which we can educate um, a healthy, happy balance? And uh, for me, it's turning off notifications and being in charge and not being a slave to my phone, if you will. You know, I make the choice. It does not choose to, to con command over me. I am so glad that you brought that up, Wendy, and because that was going to be one of my questions. But I kind of want to stay on this for a little bit longer because, um, and I think I want to ask Kiosha and having older children, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's because I'm hearing, yes, it's so when, when they're younger, I think you can have a little bit quote unquote more control in a sense, mm -hmm. but when they get older, there is, I, I keep hearing, you know, my daughter saying to me on so many occasions, not just with this, being like, mom, do you trust me? <laughs> because do you want me to tell you certain things or do you want me to do it behind your back? Mm. Um, but certain things are going to happen. She's going to make a ton of friends. He's going to make a ton of friends that I'm not going to know. It's just that fact. So I have to trust in certain ways and understand when I'm going to kind of come down on them about something because it could have repercussions going the other way. I agree with that. I'm gonna tell y'all, when we, the reason why my 17 year old um, even got a phone in middle school is because he had started school football and they were traveling a bit. And my, my husband was not like, not in a hurry to get him a phone at all. And neither was I, but I wanted some kind of way to contact him or have him contact us should something happen, that sort of thing. So as he got older, um, we made this agreement, the three of us, that his 
his the lock on his phone the the code because we all have a code because of the littles because you know the littles get your phone you know if hannah grabs my phone at six i have a thousand pictures of her face and it's like you know she's moving apps around and that sort of thing when she was little so we all have the same code on our Mm -hmm. phones Mm-hmm. And we made it very clear to Elijah that we weren't doing it because we didn't trust him because I had the same code. He had the same code. Like if somebody needed to access our phones really quickly or something, we all had the same code. But it was also a way for him <clears throat> to build trust. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that, you know, we were going to go in his phone or whatever, but I will tell you there are times um, just like I don't know if I know my mama was like really big on not closing the door when I was younger, don't, don't close the door. Some parents are like that. You can't have the door closed. Some parents are okay with you having the door closed. This was kind of like the door closed mm-hmm. uh, situation for us because my husband's big thing was we want him to know that we trust him. However, the reality is technology gives them access to everything. We used to have to, yes. I guess the quote unquote bad stuff to look up. Um, in the 70s and 80s, that was, I mean, you only really, you were privy to what was happening really close to you, right? These kids can look up something really quickly, just with their thumbs, Google, Siri, now they can speak it out loud, ask Alexa, all these different people. And they get access to everything, which means everything and everyone has access to them. So it was kind of a way of building trust with him where he knew um you know hey dad can put in the code and unlock my phone at any time but what he said to him was i'm not snooping behind you but i need to be able to trust you with this thing so when that's why when i heard the word trust that was the first conversation that we had with him when he got a phone was that you know and i I think you just mentioned it hollis about your daughter saying well do you want to know everything for my husband off the bat he was like i want to know everything I want you to, dis- whatever it is you want to discuss with me, discuss with me. I want us to have the most open conversation, whether it's, um, and we are talking about older kids, so this is a reality. You're talking about pornography, and these days you don't even have to access a pornography site. You just yeah. go to social media, and right. it's everywhere, right? So those, they they have very open conversations to build trust, because it's hard right it's very tempting for kids to especially if their friends are talking about things they want to look up stuff and they don't they don't really know the depth of what they're seeing or whatever or having conversations about so it's it's best to have those conversations there were even things like and then i'm gonna hush but just an example even things like when snapchat first came out and he was um i don't remember how old he was he's 17 now but i don't know what 14 13 well we wouldn't have him we wouldn't let him have access to social media at the time we weren't ready and then my husband finally said okay you can get snapchat when he was maybe like 15 and he was like oh all the boys on you know with football only having conversations we use that for texting well i had to have a conversation with him about even emojis yeah. where you because some with some emojis okay if a, if a boy is saying something that's derogatory towards a girl and you you know use this particular emoji i'm talking like a smiley face or if you're even if you're laughing you're consenting to what he's saying Mm -hmm. like just those little things so it was 
I think it's best to have very open conversations about it because they don't think about things as deeply as we do. But it's still a learning experience for us, too, because technology is their way of life. It's kind of new for us. (laughs) You know, we didn't we didn't have it. So and they've never not had it. So it's good to have those conversations. Wow. So much in there. Anybody anybody want to respond off of anything there? You know, the conversation surrounding the emojis, I will I will say that I think that those open communications, we also all of our devices have the same code. A, it's easier for me just to be very honest. Um, And B, it's also kind of a little bit of privacy, but then a little bit of openness as well that what you know, whatever's on my phone, you can feel free to take a, you know, go in and access if you need to, but vice versa. I think that sometimes kids get so carried away with, you know, how many likes, how many hearts, how many this, how many that, and they hear it all over that they don't think that if somebody says something that is mean or cruel or unkind, and they just simply go and like it, that that's that's just as hurtful as you saying it yourself. So I love the fact that you touched on that because it is so important and it just comes up in conversation. And I love to think to myself, you know, I my mom asks me for help with technology and I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, but you're right. This is still very new to us. And technology is it is what it is. I notifications don't run my life. I'm very um disciplined when it comes to, you know, what I choose to do on my phone and not, but I've also included especially my older son, older, he's only 11, but in you know certain things that I'm doing, so that he understands what things are and 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 you know how to communicate and to avoid some of those things where you could really could really hurt somebody else's feelings, but also it could be detrimental to you as well. So I love that you brought that up, and I just I wanted to comment on that. Yeah, thank you, Wendy Ann, and I just love what you just said about liking something. That whole thing with almost like a peer pressurey kind of thing. Um, something that isn't necessarily so nice, but you're kind of fitting in and all of this kind of stuff. It's just a whole different language. Gosh. Yeah. Um, Tina or James, do you have anything to respond to? Um, Not at this time. Okay. Well, I just, I I like the whole um, conversation around the, the idea that emojis matter and the power of just a little click and think before you click <laughs> and that um, it, it's, it's that whole idea of how clearly we, how quickly we are to see all the likes and loves and all that. And it, it becomes very much contagious of wanting to fit in and that there is power in that click, even though you didn't type the text out. I think that's important in having that conversation. I also think, you know, having, having big open openness and the more you're open, the more your kiddo, your, your young person will see in you someone that they can talk to Yes. because no matter the topic I've told, I mean, and it really became crucial during the pandemic when my kid was for a year and a half homeschooled as his only, you know, we were his people and we had all these conversations and we have really an understanding that any question is a, there's no such thing as a really stupid question. It's like anything. And having, and even asking him, you know, 
do you know that to be true? And, you know, what kinds of, when you communicate the power that it has, or when you just non-verbally communicate the power that that has, because you cannot not communicate. Mm. Oh, so many great quotes there. <laughs> Both of you, that's so good. I want to add really quick, Hollis, because yeah, when we talk about social media and um, the likes, I wrote an article about two years ago um, regarding social media, because at that time, I personally was moving back from it. Even right now, I may post and I kind of move on. I don't I don't stay on it very long because you can kind of get stuck in the scrolling. But yeah. what I pointed out in that um, in that article, which is what we talked to the kids about, mainly the 17 year old, because the other two are not living at home. He lives at home. And so what we talked to him about is um, if you think about it on Facebook, there are friends, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in real life and before social media, you had to invest in a friendship. Yes. Everybody was not your friend. All of that is by design. The love button, the comment. Now you have all these people on social media commenting on your life, commenting on what you do. When in real life, that you only share certain things with the people around you. So all of that followers, following, all of that language is by design. And that's why a lot of teenagers specifically have so many issues surrounding that. Not just teenagers, tweens too. Those who are on social media have a hard time with not if their post is not liked, if no one comments, if you know if they don't have so many friends, if they don't have all these followers, all of those words were put there by design. So I think it's our mm-hmm. jobs as parents to really say, listen, this is, you know, this, I mean, it's social media, but you, we, I actually had to ask my son, I'm like, do you know these people? <laughs> you don't right. you don't you don't even know these people like they don't even know you right if they follow you or not who cares you're a leader be a leader in real life with mm-hmm. your friends on your football team like with your siblings let's learn some leadership skills that who's following and then you know every leader should be a follower who are you following who's your mentor what are you mm-hmm. that's real life stuff so i just wanted to touch on the social media part because that's very true kids and sometimes adults have an issue, especially with the women that I work with, with those those words, but that's by design. And so if we share that with them, you know, and even Snapchat, they have messages that disappear. In real life, when you're engaging and investing in a relationship, a friendship, those things are lasting. They're supposed to be, right? So as they get older, I think the conversation about social media is really important in that context too. Well, and I think building off of that too, I think it's that idea of depth and breadth that you're willing to share. And the more you're willing to self-disclose, it is like a dance with uh, conversation, with friendship, and there's different Mm -hmm. levels of intimacy. And and not everybody, you know, when you friend someone, you know, Facebook made the, the noun friend a verb. And now, which to me, it's very funny because, you know, I've had those conversations with my son and not everybody is a very intimate friend. You have levels, you have acquaintances and things like that. And circling yourself with a circle of positivity and the people that want to support you and build you up and, you know, the kinds of communication you want to be around because when you hear it, 
You think it, you feel it, you'll speak it, and that becomes. This is going in such a beautiful direction. Um, the things that you all are saying is just um, really powerful. And thank you for that, Tina and Kiosha. Everything that you just said, that whole concept of the friend aspect and words being put there by design. There is so much that is kind of structured this whole societal thing. Um, yeah, it's just these conversations are really, really important. And parents out there, those that are really busy and working a lot and doing all those things, yes, as you know, here we are having the discussion and the conversation about it. And yes, we all get busy. It's true. And do we make mistakes? Yes, of course we make mistakes. But it is going back for me, it is going back to having the conversation, admitting when you make mistakes. Um, putting the phone down and really that whole thing that we touched on before of holding ourselves to the same expectation that we hold our kids to, to really being present so they know that we're there. I know at times I'm totally guilty of it. The kids will be talking to me and I'm like responding to someone real quick and they're like, you're off. What are you doing? Like, they'll call me on it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm putting it down, put it down. So it's just understanding it's, it's this, it's just such an interesting time, isn't it everybody? So it is. And starting mm -hmm. with you, I think is, is such a good point. And I know I, yes. I, I pressed on it earlier, but it's easy for us to get caught up in it as well. We need to be very aware and intentional of how we're spending our time because mm -hmm. they're watching all of that. They are. You're so, so right about that. I, home but not present is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's actually a book I'm writing. You can be home, but not actually be present. And Holly, Hollis, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Like Hannah will come up to me and I'm like in the middle of a thought and I'm, you know, finishing up an email and she goes, mommy, and I can hear her. You know, I'm better about it now, but oh my gosh, about five, six months ago, I was horrible. I just, I'd be like, wait a minute, baby. Next thing you know, I'm because my brain is like open tab sometimes when I'm working. So I have to, like, I'm moving on to the next thing. And then it's time has gone by and I'm like, oh, my baby was in here and I didn't even answer her. And now, you know, when she comes in here, I stop because mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, because I never want her to think that she comes second to whatever it is I'm doing because she does not. And I can keep telling myself that I'm doing what I'm doing for her or for the kids or for my family, but it does not matter if I'm not paying attention. So you're right, Wendy Ann, the, the, the awareness for us to also hold ourselves to the same standard and say, listen, I need to disconnect. I need to put this down. I don't, I need to turn, do not, do not disturb on. I need to, you know, whatever I need to do to be present with them so they know that they matter and they're important. I think that, I think it's also important on the other side to acknowledge that there needs to be boundaries kind of set also that this is time where we are on. This is time that mom, dad, child needs to work and will be on electronics. Like this is the time that's established and that's okay. Like we don't have to feel bad about that, but 
what I agree with Kyosha is the fact that we get caught up because yes, I do that too. Well, just one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Mm -hmm. And then three hours has gone by. Um, but I think it's important to say, you know, this is the time that I'm doing this. This is the boundary. And then we'll be able to do this. And that in that time, I can't have, you know, I'm not going to bother you during that time. You can't bother me, you know, to the best of the ability of, you know, what everybody's situation looks like. Well, you know, since I've been creating the boundaries, H Hannah and I have an understanding. <laughs> so she knows, you know, starting at a certain time in the morning until four o'clock, she knows she's very aware. She'll be like, oh, mommy, you have a meeting and like close the door. But mm -hmm. I was taking it overboard. I literally was like working later. And then, I mean, it's dark outside and she knows it's not, you know, I need to be off the laptop. It's like, I didn't know. And so I had to, I had to get, get better with that. And it takes, sometimes your kids will call you out, which we need sometimes too. Yes. So. Well, they're often, I often am like, were you my mom in another life? Exactly. <laughs> like, are you so, you're so smart. <laughs> She'll say things like she is definitely role reversal. Um, at times I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Yeah. My, my daughter thinks she's my parent. Um, I have to remind her sometimes <laughs> this the way around. Way around. Uh, but I try to be especially sensitive um, when it comes to uh, the time I spend away from her because she's an only child. And we've had enough conversations where I know that that's a challenge uh, for her. She, my, you know, my partner I'm with now, she's like, I want y'all to have a son or a daughter. Like she wants she's pushing for us to have a child. We're not even married. Um, but I know she feels that. So th this is, and family is so important to me. Mm -hmm. And so when baby girl is away from me, I don't care if I'm on a coaching call, I will pause that call, answer her call, let her know I will call her back. But mm -hmm. I will, that's important for me always. That's important for me also to know that she always has access to me. Even if I, if I got a thing, if it's a thing where I have to call her back, I want her to know I'm available and that she is the most important person. Um, and I tell her all the time, I was like, you're the most important person in my world. So, and that, that we're, you know, not that we're um, perfect in that regard in any way, but it's something I definitely try to be intentional about being sensitive to the fact that she's an only child. And then also letting her know she always has access to daddy. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, James. This word intentional has come up a lot. And um, yeah, it's a great word. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think in parenting your own way, it's um, it's important to be intentional. Well, mm -hmm. and every family it is really their is. own ecosystem. And I think understanding exactly. that is essential because, you know, what works for one family may not work for another. And I think if we can just be very clear about because even kids they need they need boundaries they need rules they don't want to say that they need them but they do they thrive yes. and they're happier and healthier and whole with that it's a matter of clear succinct communication because what we're teaching as parents the clearer that we are the more we can empower our child to be a responsible resourceful respectful Mm -hmm. Whew. So what's crazy is we're already almost at the top of the hour. So before we say our goodbyes, 
Is there anything that anybody wants to touch on with anything that we've talked about and kind of uh, expand on or just say final words on? I'll, I'll add this. We talked about this in our, in our pre-chat. And yeah. I think with everything I've heard and even what I think what Tina just finished up with, it's about being conscious parent. It's about being a conscious parent. It's it's about knowing who your your little person is, because I don't think that obviously you know this doesn't come with a manual, doesn't come with instructions, and so the best we have to work with is how is my child showing up? What's important to her, him, and now kind of crafting our parenting around who they are instead of who we want them to be to some extent. You know, we we definitely want to raise them with morals and values, but they come here to fulfill their own mission. They come here to um, walk out their own purpose. And that starts here when they first kind of kind of step into the earth. And so for me, it's always, I think I, I shared this with you, Hollis, that in first raising my child, I was raising her not to experience what I experienced. Hmm. And when it, when the idea of being a conscious parent came to me, it was like, wait, let me see her for who she is, and now let me raise her from that place. So that's what I that's what I want to share is is, is my last piece. Mm. Well, and I think thank you, James. I love that, James. That's absolutely beautiful. And I think that is, you know, each each child is born, you know, with a specific temperament, a core value, and when you see them for who they are because we just want to be seen, heard, and understood. As, as that's what we are as people. And what we really crave is connection. And that's where I think it can be a beautiful thing to have technology as a form of connection. It's allowed me to build a business, to connect with amazing friends all over the world. I mean, Hollis, that's one reason I feel blessed here in my network is mm -hmm. because of technology. But yes. when we are able to meet them where they are, like James was talking about, and seeing them for who they are, building that foundation of trust, but then helping them understand that, you know, yes, we we know and understand that connection is part of why the the phones and the the the, the social media, all of it gets used. If we can just understand that we beat to our different drummers and have you know clear expectations of for what is our ecosystem about but understanding what what is important to them and help them communicate that and make those connections effectively and using the appropriate channels i think then we'll have a healthier happy balance oh my gosh you guys are incredible <laughs> thank you tina so much to say, but let's see if anybody else has any final words. I mean, I what they said was just so beautiful. I don't, I, I don't even know if I have anything to add other than um, continue to parent your own way in a very healthy and conscious and intentional way. You know, we use the word balance. There was the word trust. Um, building those relationships, getting to know your child um, for who they are and how they can. We, we don't have a manual. There are no instructions. But if we listen and we connect, we get to find out everything we need to know about them if we're intentional about it because they will tell us. But we have to be present 
and we have to be willing to listen. And that, that's been a big thing for me. I have an introvert. I have an extreme extrovert. And, you know, my baby boy is right in the middle. Uh, he would, you know, he can be around tons of people. And then he just like me, he needs a chance to kind of break away and, and reset for a little while. It would be unfair if I wanted them all to be like me or all to be like my husband. We treat them, you know, with so much respect. And a lot of people don't believe that you should respect kids, but you should. They deserve mm -hmm. respect, too, um, and honor who they are. And so, I mean, in a nutshell, James and Tina said everything um, <laughs> that I agree with that I would just add. As you're parenting your own way, get to know your children for who they are. Yeah. Because you're not going to parent them um, all the same. You're going to love them all the same, but you may have to switch it up a little bit, adjust, be creative yeah. in how you communicate with, with each one and let them, allow them to be themselves. And mm. so that's what I would add to that. Whew. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wendy Ann, do you want to add anything? I think this space has been amazing and I'm so grateful that I've gotten to hear from each and every one of you from different perspectives. I think that the parenting your own way is scary to so many people because we're all afraid we're making the wrong decision when at the end we're just doing the very best we can with the knowledge that we have. <laughs> the more you can grow and expand and learn, I think is super, super important. But I also think that we live in a world where um, different opinions aren't always accepted, and that's something that we all need to change. We have to be open to the fact that just because I may not allow my son a cell phone at the age of 10, that doesn't mean that it's not okay for somebody else to, for their reasons might be valid as well. So I think a little kindness and a little openness, um, you know, that word intentional does keep getting thrown around. It, it, it was something that was very important to me for this year, and I'll carry it into next year as well. But I think that even just learning from each other's differences and different opinions, that's that's how we grow and that's how that's how we learn um, and see other perspectives, which I think is a beautiful thing. So thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate it. And Hollis, as always, what a great space you've created here. Oh, thank you, Wendy Ann. I just am so grateful. Thank you, everybody, for being in this space and being willing to have the conversation. And this is just the beginning. This is just it's it's just the start there are so many topics to speak on in this conversation there could be 20 episodes on this um and thank you so much everybody for the points that you brought up and la lastly what's just sticking in my mind right now is what you just said wendy ann about um people being scared about parenting your own way because people are always um they're scared of making mistakes and you know what everybody we're gonna mess up we are but like everybody said here, it's the conscious parenting, it's the awareness, it's the it's the getting to know your child for who they really are and accepting them for who they are and also accepting yourself for who you are. Give ourselves a break and understand that we are coming in with the best of intentions and we're learning also. So... I'm just very grateful to you all. So thank you. And to those joining us live, we so appreciate you. To those catching the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts. Please share them. 
And um, we have a, uh, to reach out to us at this point, we are putting together, Kiosha is putting together a website. We're going to have forums and so much goodness going on. But you can reach us now at it wasn't in the manual at gmail.com. So it wasn't in the manual at gmail.com. All the information will be in the everything with the podcast. But it is available for 24 hours at this point, the podcast to be able to listen to. And then um, it will be uploaded in about a month or so after that. So Elle, so sorry we couldn't hear from you, but I know your energy was part of the conversation. And wherever you are listening in from, we wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good evening. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Well, that was an inspiring conversation. This space is all about exploring the topics of parenthood that you will not find in any book, but it is real life experiences from all different experiences from parents. Our website will be launching in January, 2023. So to get on the mailing list and be in the loop with all that is being created for you, just go to it wasn't in the manual at gmail.com. There is no manual, which is the adventure. Be talking to you soon.